Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. It's Monday, December 11, 20 days left. Where has the year gone? I'm so glad that we're here. We're still here. And those of you who survived the past three years, we all know what that means. So we're heading for another year. Can't wait for 2024. We're going to all make it a better one. This is my Monday night show. Happy to be here. I have three creatives with me. And before I introduce them, by the way, creatives, just I'm not going to say who you are. Just wave hello. We're on LinkedIn live. We're on Facebook live and another Facebook channel and wave virtually hello to all the listeners on the Voice America <laughs> Empowerment Channel. There you go. Ernie likes that a lot. And say hello to my wonderful engineer, Jordan Hanson. Okay, so I have a little poem I've created using ChatGPT as my co-poet. Now, this isn't just ChatGPT. This is me as well. So we've got a human in here. So everybody listen up when I call your name, wave. So here we go. On the airwaves dancing, lively and grand, a rendezvous with creativity, first in the land. Host, a.k.a. Radio Red, her red mic online, welcomes three stars today who all shine. Arlene Lena Anderson, wave hello, a global explorer bold, speaker, writer, musician. Her tales will unfold from Norway to China and Ecuador's embrace. Her travel memoir dances, a resilience to showcase. Welcome, Arlene. And then we have Jan J.S. Burrell, B-U-R-L, Jan Wavelo, an artist, a poetic soul's grace, assistant production editor at B-E-Z-I-N-E, B-Zine, her place, amidst mountains, puppies, and dragons, children's stories unfold, through health challenges grand, Jan's resilience is bold. Welcome, Jan. We'll tell more about you later. Ernest Ernie Lancaster, there he is, hard-boiled and true. I met him. I don't think he's so hard-boiled. Crime novels, <laughs> tales of the precinct he strews. Uh-oh, the jinx and the black Spanish flower at his ink. A cop's 33-year journey, a noir writer's link. Welcome, Ernie. On the lure of creativity, that's what I called it tonight. A new episode arrives, a.k.a. Radio Red Leaves on the airwaves. We thrive, welcoming Lena Jan and Ernie, the creatives who will play, will explore their inspirations today, today, today. In cultural explorations and strokes of the pen, their stories resonate again and again. From the resilience of Lena's global trek to Jan's dragons and tales, health comeback return, Ernie spills demons and dragons on the page, a cop's raw tales and noir storyteller stage. Oh, the dance of creativity, a symphony so grand. On the lure of creativity with AKA Radio Red's mic in hand. What'd you think? Arlene, did you like it? Jan, I think that, did you that like worked it? for me. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I give it a cool. thumbs up. Cool beans. Ernie, what'd you think? Blew me away. Blew you away. I'm going to play a little guessing game with all of you. I do this every week. How long do you think it took for me? Well, forget about how long I took your bios and I fed them into ChatGPT and I said, write me a poem and then I work on it. But how long do you think it took for ChatGPT to give me the core, the, the, the infrastructure of that poem? Arlene, how long between when I hit send, how long do you think it took? 10 seconds. Jan, how long did it take? Under three seconds. Ernie? I was going going long. I was going to say 30 seconds. Okay. Jan, you've listened to the show. You knew the answer. Here's Hi, Ernie. 
you go 1,000, 2,000, three, it's there. That's it. It's that, it's that fast. I use it even on my business show. So let's get down to business here. Let's see where we are. It is December 11th. It's the 345th day of 2023 in the Gregorian calendar. And I think Jan knows this. I don't know if the rest of you do, but Pope Gregory, well, he was Gregor or Grego or something. He didn't like the Julian calendar. He said, Nah, they put some extra days in there. I don't like where they are. So I don't know if he went to Julian. It was probably too late. And he said, I'm going to make a new calendar. So he created the Gregorian calendar. So Arlene, I call him one of our early creatives. And I'm sure his mom was very proud of him before he became a pope, after he became a pope. But I think it's great. So we still use his calendar. 20 days left. This is the 50th Monday. And I'm the only one who cares. I want you all to make a letter L. With your hand now. Come on, Jan, you've been hearing this and watching this for six months now. You got to do it. Letter L. And we have a special shout out today. On the count of three, I want you to join me and say hello, L, L, L. Just like that. One, two, three. Hello, hello. L, L, L. L. Okay. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. I met her dancing, ballroom dancing on Long Island many years ago. Every Monday night, if she's around, she will email me at 8.01 p.m. But now we move the show early, so it's 6.01 p.m. Laura, I hope you're listening. And she will tell me what she enjoyed about you, Arlene, and you, Jan, and you, Ernest. Give me a little book report. But what's special is Laura's daughter got married this past week, and it was a beautiful ceremony. She sent me some pictures. I haven't seen Laura in about mm, seven years, and she looks absolutely stunning. So, Laura, mm. congratulations. Mazel tov. And, and, and there's a Sostrovia, something like that. There's a Polish word for that. Congratulations. And I wish Nicole and her new husband all the best of happiness and health in many, many, many coming years to come. Now, the story is that Laura lives in Whitestone, Ernie, and that starts with the letter W. There, I got my letters right. And we've been trying to move her to a place that starts with L. Jan, don't tell them a story because Jan knows. So I, I wanted to move her to London, but it was hot and very expensive this past summer. And then I took a, a poll of all of the L, like Laredo and Livingston, all the places are lean around the country that started with L, the decent cities. And my fake GoFundMe couldn't afford me to move Laura. So I realized that I had moved to a place in Tennessee one year and two months ago. This starts with L. Loudon. I thought it was London. When I tilted my head on the map, the N in London went upside down. It became a U, Ernie, and I ended up in Loudon. But it's a very nice place to live. So we're going to fund somehow a trip for Laura to come and visit and see she wants to live here near me, too. There we go. So uh, let's go through. Is anybody a uh, Sagittarius? Is anybody a Sagittarius? Arlene? Jan? Nope. Ernie? Nope. Well, I'm just going to read a tiny bit about Sagittarius, and you tell me if you want to be an honorary, because I have the power of the mic. By the way, everybody who's watching, this gorgeous scarf was made with one hand and some kind of a needle implement by the lovely Jan Burl as a gift to me. She mailed it to me before the show, and I am very honored to wear it. And it has a dragon here, if you can see it. There's the dragon. Come on, dragon, turn your head. Don't be shy. Jan, I'm not good with going things backwards here. There we go. There's the dragon. So he's, yes, I got to get back to my microphone. So thank you, Jan. It's beautiful. So Sagittarius, very, very briefly, they are uh, adventurous. If you're, if this describes you, raise your hand or wiggle or something like that. Jan, this goes for you two and Ernie and, and Arlene. Okay. They're adventurous, open-minded, imaginative. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, creative, optimistic, organized. Ernie, are any of these describe you? I'm married to a Sagittarius, and she's all the above. Okay, well, I want to know if it rubbed off on you. Enthusiastic, confident, curious, generous, truthful, strong worth, work ethic, and can take risks. <gasps> I oh, think my. 
I think we're all, Jan, what do you think? You're taking risks? I think so. Yeah. I think I think so every day. What about you, Arlene? You're a risk taker? I think you have in your travels. I, think I yes. am. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The the cons of being a Sagittarius are they're fickle and impatient. You don't have to tell us about your wife or anyone to keep your marriage <laughs> going well. They easily lose interest if a task takes too long. They don't like to be bored. They need a job that's interesting, exciting, and different every day. So anybody want to be an, an honorary Sagittarius? Anybody? Jan does? Okay. Well, oh, here are some of the, listen to the professions, architect, teacher, travel agent, Tourism hospital or ho sorry, tourism hotel or restaurant hospitality worker, entrepreneur. I think you're all entrepreneurial. Missionary, coach, personal trainer, translator, or salesperson. Well, today we're just selling creativity, so I think you all qualify. Some famous Sagittarians, Taylor Swift, top of the world. I think her tour brought in a billion dollars so far. Nicki Minaj, Jay Z, Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, Brad Pitt. Uh, Billy Eilish, Jake Gyllenhaal, Scarlett Johansson, Tyra Banks, Chrissy Teigen, Janelle Monet, Sarah Hyland, Rito Monero, Marino, Jane Fonda, Ben Stiller, Jamie Foxx, Christina Aguilera, Samuel Jackson, Jonah Hill, Mark Ruffalo. I, I think that's the Hollywood sign to be, don't you? All of those stars, all Sagittarius. So is your wife a Hollywood star, Ernie? You want to? Not yet. <laughs> I'm trying to get her there. <laughs> okay so i tell you what i gave a little teeny tiny bio about each of you in my opening and now it's time to find out who you really 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 are so arlene anderson i'm putting you on speaker view whether you like it or not you look right. fabulous and i love the red tartan scarf we're wearing a theme of red except jan she made the red scarf but she's got something red in the background there and we'll introduce tippy when it's jan's turn arlene why don't you give us a three minute bio please fill us in who are you and what's your creativity jan wait oh. Ernie, wait. It's Arlene's turn. Go ahead, Arlene. Okay. Well, let's see. I am a creator from way back. And I think last time I, I told the story that when I was three, I went to the piano and I played Jesus Loves Me and Winston Tastes Good like a cigarette should. I just, you know, I, I take it in and I played it with no help at all. So I've, I have, I've built with music in me, with dancing in me. And I've also been writing. And so I've worked as an organization development consultant and many other different types of things in my in my lifetime. But now I'm retired and I'm dancing and I'm playing music and I've written a book this year. Tell us about your book. Come on. Oh, the book is Hard Fall, High Bounce. And um, the idea behind that is that if you have a hard bounce, a hard fall, you will bounce high if you're made of the right material. So it's kind of not just what happens to you, but how do you take it? What do you do with what, what happens to you? And uh, I, when I was a young person, I uh, developed some health issues. I've had like 10, 12 surgeries and a lot of parts taken away. And, uh, but yet I've got some parts left, so I'm going to use those. And what's left of me is going to be the best of me. And uh, so that's what the story is in the book of some of the things I've had to bounce back from. And uh, I quit my corporate job 10 years ago and I went to 38 countries. That's the short story. How did you stop at 38? We all want to know. Oh, no, I didn't. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so far. That's a so far. I'm still going. Yeah. What, what do you, I was teasing you, Arlene, what's, what's next for your travel plans? Where, where do you want to go next? I'm going back to Norway in May and uh, I'm going to be skiing in Utah all winter this Lovely. year. Glad we Attempting to, to ski. 
And I met you through the uh, the AGT, right? The uh, yes. Authors Guild of of Tennessee yes. through Cheryl Payton, and and that's where I met Ernie. Except I didn't meet Ernie. Ernie contacted me, and I said, "I'm not doing the local show anymore. Just come on the live show." So yes. Ernie is here. So Ernie. Just give me a minute here and let's go to Ms. Jan Burl. I have to tell everybody, Jan started following this show about six months ago, maybe longer, and she started commenting and leaving reviews of the show, and she liked this, and she liked I said, who is this person? Why is she stalking me? Well, Jan became a big fan of Read My Lips and my other radio shows under my other name, and eventually we connected on LinkedIn, and I think I said, how about you come on the show and here she is and i'm very very honored jan that you found me and very honored to have you here so jan it's time why don't you tell us your story please bonnie i always love listening to you and your shows they're so much fun it's an honor to be here i am a stroke survivor hemorrhagic stroke and it wiped out everything i couldn't talk i couldn't read i couldn't walk my right arm still doesn't work and everything was all skewed. So if I saw a tree in a card when they were asking me questions, I'd say banana. Well, I went back to work after a year of trying to get myself together. And those kids at the school I worked at were amazing. They made me talk. They would come in and find me and write the teacher's um, paper or the teacher's orders up on the board for me. And they would read out loud during class so that I could follow along. And believe me, they checked to make sure I was following along. And I started reading children's books, the first picture books. And then I started reading a little bit further and a little bit further until I finally got to Christopher Paulini's Brissinger. Hmm. At that point, COVID hit and I was laid off. So I went back to college, thanks to my daughter, who bugged me until I went back. And I got my master's in creative writing and poetry, which I, poetry I've written my whole life. I was very artistic and musical, and it all flew and fell into place for me. But I wanted to give back to the genre that helps me learn to read. So I created Tippy's New Friend. Story where a lonely dragon meets a dog and her owner and takes them on a flight of fancy. And Tippy, Tippy, mm -hmm. she's sleeping right now, <laughs> but she's the star of my my books. The second one, we're going to California and meeting up with my friend Chris, who's going to take us around the state. So basically, my book is a series that are going to take people, children, all to all the states and to different countries around the world. Dan, lovely. I, I have to tell you, you're you're beautiful and you're charming, and I'm glad you're here. Okay, I'm I'm very honored, and I applaud you for the journey you've taken, which obviously was very very difficult and very challenging. I was going to call the show tonight the resilience of creativity because it's used in your your work and and Arlene's, but I called it instead the lure of creativity. Because it sounds to me like that's what's pulling all three of you. We're going to find out about Ernie in a minute. The lure, the pull, the attraction, the draw, the magnetism. Oh, I can name a future show, The Magnetism and Creativity. Mm -hmm. Because, Jan, you talked about poetry. You talked about children's books. 
You talked about the kids getting you back, the lure of creating, recreating Jan. Maybe you created an even better Jan. We don't know that because we didn't know you before. So Jan, not a good idea to make the host cry, but you just did. So I'm crying with joy for you. Okay. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for keeping on saying, I want to be on your show. And by the way, you call me Red on this show. That other name, I don't know who she is. She's some, She does shows on Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm Red tonight. So thank you very much, Dan. It's absolutely an honor to have you here. Seriously, an honor. And on that note, I'm moving around the virtual table one more spot. And we have Ernie Lancaster with us. Ernie, it's time. Tell us all about you, please. Tough act to follow. <laughs> Uh, I want to back up a little, if I may. Uh, I hope that the LL would stand for Lois Lane, because I wanted to <laughs> see how Clark and Jimmy Olsen were. But, <laughs> no. but uh, about myself, I'm just a regular guy. I was raised in Memphis, went to public schools, went to Memphis State University. It was a great place to grow up. But after I patrolled its streets for 33 years, I had to get out and I moved to the Smoky Mountains. Uh, can't get enough of this clear running water in the mountains up here. Uh, everything's muddy in Memphis, including the big muddy. And incidentally, I always thought Jan was a muscular name. I've known a couple of Jans and one of them asked me the other day, said, how come you use my name in your book? And I explained that to her. And she's a strong character in the first two novels I wrote. So uh, been married for 33 years, been together for 44, 47 years, and uh, we're living happily ever after in the Smoky Mountains. And we've got a tippy, except it's Tootsie, and she's a little Yorkie. I want to know about your books. I want to know about your book about the precinct. I want to know what was it like being a cop? Am I allowed to use that word, Ernie? Come on, dish a little more. We want more. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been called lots worse than that. <laughs> sure. But, uh, the uh, first two books were novels, and they're a series: the uh, the Jinx and the Black Spanish Flower. The Jinx was a uh, cop had. A jinx, and every time he did something new, somebody died inadvertently at his fingertips. And uh, the Black Spanish Flower was the name of one of Elvis Presley's favorite jumpsuits. And a band of marauders raided Graceland and steal it, and they hauled it off for nefarious purposes. And you'll have to read the book if you want to. <laughs> but... Um, and truth be known, I don't believe the Black Spanish Flower ever made it to Grayson. I just, I think it was in uh, Las Vegas, never made it. But in my book, it did. I took artistic license. Thank you. And um, I've recently, uh, last week, released a collection of short stories, Precinct Memphis Cocktails. And it's um, not to be confused with cocktails, cocktails. <laughs> and it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, a menagerie of stories and it explores a lot of, a lot of aspects of being a cop, how it affects your family, why cops commit suicide, uh, uh, what they do, things they do to uh, make you laugh. And it's just, uh, if you, if you want to know anything about being a cop, it's as close as you'll get to being a cop without putting on a badge and gun and going out trying to save the world. Thank you, Ernie. Ernie, I I appreciate the humor. Were you a big fan of Elvis Presley at at the time when he was alive? To put him in his jumpsuit in your book, I find that very interesting. 
Oh, heck yes. And if you were raised in Memphis in that time period, I, I'll tell you how, I'll, I'll reveal how old I was. I was born in 1951. And if you were raised in, <laughs> if you were raised in Memphis around that time, you saw Elvis a lot. He got out and got around. And uh, if you drove by Elvis at uh, Graceland, it wasn't unusual to see him standing at the gate talking to his fans. He loved to get out with the people. And uh, when I was a rookie cop in 1973, when I'd get on the midnight shift, we'd see him out riding around in his Stutz Bearcat. And uh, at, at that time, Memphis was pretty deserted late at night. It's a 24-hour city now. But uh, yeah, and he would rent movies theaters overnight and there'd be big crowds there at two or three o'clock in the morning and uh it was just pretty exciting <laughs> he always had a nice looking babe next to him too i always wanted to, always wanted to trade partners with him, but I could get him to do it. nobody heard you say that or any your secret no. is safe with us right arlene and my wife and, especially not really arlene and jan aren't going to tell anybody and neither will lll isn't going to tell anybody absolutely not no jan she put her hand up no we, we swear there. Very interesting. One question for you, Ernie. When you watch police uh, procedurals on TV, do they ring true or are they all phony baloney or how close are they? I don't watch them, period. My, but my wife does and I can't help but seeing some of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's just, it, watching them is like going to work. and I. <laughs> but yeah, they're pretty much hokey. Like, well, they get a few scenes correct, but they just don't get the essence of being a cop for... It takes about a year or two before you really get your feet on the ground after riding the streets, and they never did. They try, but you just can't capture Thank it. Thank you. I watch French procedurals. I watch in French language, and then I, I can't go do anything else. I have to read the titles because my French is not as good as it used to be, but I'm enjoying. I'm watching Pacific Criminal now, and I watch Crime, Crime Parfait. Perfect Crimes, which is very interesting. They're created in, in the idea of Columbo. You see the crime being committed in the beginning of the show. Exactly how to the detail. And it's supposed to be the perfect crime. And then a couple, a, a man or a woman, and a man and a woman, but one is an older detective and the other one is either a, a tag along, I'll call them a, a new one or a slightly younger or just a colleague who came from another precinct. And together, they Im almost immediately know something is not right with that person, even though they can't. And they spend the whole rest of the episode trying to pin it on them and unravel the little tiny details of how the crime was committed. And these are complicated crimes. I'm telling you, whoever wrote these has a real eye for detail. Maybe not practical, but anyway, so that's what I watch. And I'm running out of them and I'm waiting for network shows to come back. Thank you all for your bios. I appreciate you're all very interesting people. And now let's go to our opening quotes. I asked you each to send me a quote from a book or not a book, from a movie or a TV character, fictional or from a song lyric. And we've got some really good ones here. Arlene, how dare you pick the name of an Aerosmith song? Because when I was learning to drum about five years ago, this was the first song I played in the adult band at the School of Rock six weeks after I started playing the drums. And the song you picked is the title of The Power Ballad from Aerosmith from 1973, written by Steven Tyler, their first major hit. And it's two words. We love the short quotes, Arlene. Dream on. As soon as the show's over, I'm going in my drum room and I'm going to go play that song and just blast it out. I don't care if the neighbors hear it. Arlene, dream on. So tell us, what does this have to do with your creativity? Go ahead. 
I, I always have that image of you now as a drummer. So ever since our last conversation, I just <laughs> see you with sticks in hand. But um, well, dream on, uh, you know, they'll say that uh, a conclusion is where you got tired of thinking. And, you know, there's many more options than you can think of. And I have a visual aid today because um, I used to give seminars about creativity and thinking. And I would ask people to describe a football. And so people would start doing this, you know, it's brown and it's leather and it's like, okay, well, that's one football. What else can you think of? And if I asked again, then they came up with another football and eventually they'd come up with, oh yeah, soccer's are footballs in some parts of the world. And I'd say, yes, that's good. And what other kind of football is there? There's another kind. And I'd give them a few minutes, but nobody ever came up with a football <laughs> like this. I have and to tell like, our, wait a minute, our listeners on Voice America, Arlene, describe what you're holding up, please. Tell us in I'm detail. I'm holding up a ball of feet. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a little plastic. No, nobody worry on the Voice America Empowered. We haven't empowered her yet that way. It's a plastic feet. <laughs> plastic feet that are connected in the middle and they're just going in every direction and it creates the idea of an open ball. All right, Arlene, continue yeah. now. So I did have to uh, show, I, I would ask them now, is this a football? Yes, it is. They had to agree that it was, but they hadn't thought of it. And if, you know, eventually we'll we'll think of all the different creative ways to think about anything. And with creativity, sometimes you just have to go one or two more steps. And sometimes that means as you're creating something, sometimes it's how, how you live your life. And as you were talking, I was thinking about, I tried to go to China I tried to move to China in 1989 and we were all set to go. We had our tickets and then Tiananmen Square happened. The State Department said, nope, you're not going. And it took me 19 more years before I got to China. I dreamt on, I kept on wanting this desire in my life and it took 19 years and um, eventually I moved to China for a year and I can die in peace because my dream has come true <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed every minute of it and uh, learned a lot. And so that's kind of where dream on a couple of different examples. Thank you very much. I was thinking more on the line of dream on being a poet or being an author, right? Or being a writer of a screenplay or being an actress or a dancer or a singer. I like the way you described that, Arlene. Thank you very much. I am going to have to go play that after and I'm not recording it for you. I'm a little rusty <laughs> right now. Those sticks are going to fly though, lady, I got to tell you. Let's go on to Jan Burrell. Jan has picked a quote from Babylon 5, the American Space Opera TV series. To be specific, Jan, season four, episode 15, aired on May 26, 1997, when we're going back 23, 26 years, and the title of the episode was No Surrender, No Retreat. The character is Lorian, L-O-R-I-E-N, played by Wayne Alexander, and here's the quote. I have the whole quote, Jan, a little more than you picked, so I will emphasize when I get to the part. The, it opens with, we've lived too long, seen too much. Here's the quote. To live on as we have is to leave behind joy, love, and companionship because we know it to be transitory of the moment. And then the comment is, we know it will turn to ash. And the rest of the quote, only those whose lives are brief can believe that love is eternal. Jan, I'm not sure where you're going to go with this lady, but go ahead. What's this have to do with your creativity? It's very deep. Go ahead. That's the way I think about life. And the transitory art. Everybody has a different eternity, and our eternity is how long we're here on this earth. 
And with Lorian saying that, because we do have short lives, it's very true. We don't become stale and jaded and we can see things and enjoy them in the moment because we only have a short time. So I choose in my short time to write poems about love and about what's around us and nature. And I like to read books that kids enjoyed reading and they might happen to learn something along the way. But anyway, um, it's just, that show was simply amazing. Not so much, well, actually everything that was said was so deep. And I loved what Lorian said there because it's so true. Thank you very much. It, that is that is deep, but I appreciate it. And I appreciate the different perspective of my guests on on what creativity is and how it affects our lives. And it's all about our our experiences, our journey, right, Jan? Right, Arlene? It's mm-hmm. who we are and where, where we want to go, where we've come from. So let's go on to Ernie. And Ernie has picked a quote from Just Like Tom Thumbs Blues. We're going to pick this pace up a little bit here. Written, written and performed by... Bob Dylan, 1965. Where are we going back in time today? And this was originally recorded uh, on the album Highway 61 Revisited and later on on a compilation album, Bob Dylan's Greatest Hits, number two, and live concerts the year before. After Anyway, 16 takes. It was 16 takes, Ernie, on this song before Dylan and the band captured on tape the version that went on the album. It's been covered by everybody. Judy Collins, Linda Ronstadt, Nina Simone, Barry Maguire, Gordon Lightfoot, The Grateful Dead, uh, Brian Ferry, and blah, blah, blah. So there are six verses with no chorus. I'm sure that means something. It relates to a vision of the narrator encountering poverty, sickness, despair, available women, <laughs> excuse me, in dip, talk about Elvis, in different authorities, alcohol and drugs in Juarez, Mexico, before he decided to return to New York City, influenced by Poe and Kerouac. Very interesting references here. Here's the line. If you're looking to get silly, you better go back to from where you came, because the cops don't need you, and man, they expect the same. I hope I didn't murder that. Ernie, talk to me. How'd you find it? <laughs> uh, I- the first time I heard, well, the first time I heard the song after I had started my profession, it just rang a bell because you hire on to save the world, to serve and protect, to help people, to do the right thing, to bring justice to the world. And then you find out that it's not that simple, uh, that uh, it's it's hard to explain. But a lot of cops, you you build a shell to uh, protect yourself because you're just living in the flea, the bellies of the fleas that are on the underbelly of the city. And uh, you see a lot of horrible things and uh, disheartening things and you build a shell to protect you. And a lot of people say, you know, when a problem approaches them you just want to just say go away you know don't bother me but you have to you're you're hired you're getting a paycheck to serve and protect to help people to do exactly what you hired on to do so it's a yin and yang of push and pull and uh i can understand how the cops wouldn't need bob dylan in 1965 (laughs) (laughs) and one one other dylan uh line that I almost submitted to you was from Knocking on Heaven's Door. 
Mama, take this badge off of me. I can't use it anymore. Mama, put my guns in the ground. I can't shoot them anymore. I'm knocking on heaven's door. I felt like that before. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Very interesting. Okay. Well, thank you all for the quotes. I learned a lot looking them up. I appreciate that. Let's go to your creativity statements. You've each sent me four. Uh, Arlene, yours are a short American novel. I appreciate that very much. I'm going to pick one. I like the first one. When you were on my local version of the show, I think you talked about this and I liked it so much. Let's go to this one. So Arlene says, or you want me to call you Arlene or Lena? I've been calling you Arlene. Would you prefer Lena? Arlene, either either is either is good. Yes. I'm, my book has Arlene on it. When I play music, I'm Lena. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to talk to Lena now. Lena, put Arlene away. Get, get, come back, okay. Lena. Okay. So she says, creativity means think again. Our brains tend to look for an easy answer and then stop. To be creative often means to keep going, in quotes, in order to find novel or better op options. This might mean a choice of a project, a choice of a word, or better choices in life. So Arlene, tell us what you did when you moved to Norway and you couldn't find work. Why don't you regale us with that story? I think it's interesting. Go ahead, Lena. <laughs> uh, sometimes I can't believe it, what I did myself. But I went to Norway, and I had family there, and I got excited, and I sold all of my things. And I moved to Norway, and I have a master's in psychology. I've done a lot of different things. And I thought, I can get a job. I'd never had a problem. I got there. I didn't know the language. And I'd get very close to being hired at the university or research center, and then I wouldn't get picked. So I'm also a little impatient. After a couple of months, I thought, okay, uh, I can't speak a language. What can I do? I can play guitar. I can sing in English. And I had to think, who, who will pay for that? Irish pubs. So I formed an Irish band. And that's what I did in the evenings and weekends. And then I could go to school during the day and learn the language. So that's what I did when I moved to Norway. I had to uh, think again, as uh, we've been talking about. And I know that um, some people teaching writing talk about writing or creativity as a process like pump, priming the pump, that the first things that come out are, you know, Either, you know, it's a little bit brown water filled with stuff that it really isn't very good. But if you keep going, you can come up with a better option. And I had a ball playing in Irish pubs in Norway. And I, the band that I put together still is still playing. And I will see them in May when What's I go. What's the name of the band? Well, when I was there, it was called Arlene and Company. Ooh, and nice. now they go by Phoenix Real. They've added a bass player and a, you know, two other people when I left and uh, they're still playing. We, you know, if I ever go over, I think it's been five years since I've been over and uh, we have a gig when, whenever I come over, I get to join them. So How lovely. How absolutely yeah. lovely for you. That's fun. Well, you'll keep us posted. Did you record anything with the band or was it all live? It, it was all live. Yeah. We should have recorded something. <laughs> well, now you can live stream, right? You just set up somebody's phone and you live stream to whatever service you want, whatever platform, and, and it'll be recorded for you. There you were. There you are. There you go. Thank you very much. Jan, I'm looking at your statement number four. I like this one. You say, I am enjoying creating a historical romance with a twist that's not one I have yet seen set in Scotland present day. You want to give us a little preview, Jan? Go ahead. Are we telling secrets here? Yes, it's almost done the book. It's basically 
two souls that have been traveling through time together and they can be either male or female, but we go back in time to different eras and go through different things. The first being the 1700s in the Battle of Culloden and our heroine loses her husband at the battle. And it goes to Vikings and it goes all the way back to um, we have the Crusades and uh, what is it, Arabia? And I, I'm thinking about doing early China as well. Hmm. But it's kind of fun. And it is something that is not something I've seen before. Dan, how many hours a day do you write, may I ask? <laughs> that depends on the day. If I sit down to write, I write usually five or six hours because I get lost in the writing and I just love it so much that I lose myself. That's what writing is. That's what fiction is, right, Arlene? And that's right, Ernie. When when I was writing my romantic comedy plays a few years ago, Jan, you might have heard me say this on the shows before. I started at one in the morning and I just started writing and the characters just told me what to say. They told me what they looked like, what they did, what they were saying to each other, where they were going, what their jobs were, what their style was, how they responded to other people. And, they, and I wrote from one to four in the morning and in three nights I finished the play, the first one. It just poured out. It was three hours a night. I was working, so I had to get a little bit of sleep. But it just, it flows, doesn't it, Jan? It just comes. Jan, are you typing or you, you speak? You told me that you had trouble with your right arm. So are you, how do you uh, record what you're, are you talking it or are you typing it? Or can we ask? Sure. Believe it or not, my phone, my poor old phone is wearing out. But I, because the keyboard is smaller. I can go and type very fast, but not so fast like speaking where I can't keep up with what I'm doing. I need to slow it down with the typing in order to keep track of what I'm thinking, where I'm going. On your phone. I've never heard that one before. Wow. See, there's creativity there, Jan. That's a creative way to create a book is use your phone. Use whatever tools you have that accommodate whatever your skills or whatever your comfort level is or are. Thank you, Jan. Very interesting. Ernie, are you ready? I'm going to your statement number one. This is very interesting. Let me read it for you. Ernie says, creativity springs from discomfort. If one is blessed with serenity, no survival need exists to stream anything to replace or color it. As a cop for 33 years, he said, I got more than a taste of Memphis's underbelly. Call it an overdose I create fiction. Tell us about that discomfort. I haven't heard that very often, Ernie. <laughs> well, it's is a this is my short story book. There's a story in it uh, about a suicidal female cop, and she's just on the verge of suicide. And she says, "I'm not well. I wish I could vomit the Mississippi River." And after 33 years of it, I moved to a more peaceful place, and that's how I felt. And I sat down at this keyboard and just started spilling it out. And first I had to learn the rules of the road and how to structure fiction the right way. They say there's rules to writing fiction. Nobody knows what they are, though. But I like Pablo Picasso's saying that 
learn the rules like a professional so he can break them like an artist. Ooh, nice. <laughs> and that's uh, uh, that's my creative. I, I still sit down every day, every morning, and write until I'm brain dead. And then I have to, with coffee in hand, and then I uh, quit for the day or go over yesterday's. But uh, I researched my subject for 33 years, and now I'm writing about it. Bravo. Very, very interesting. I'm still writing my novella. I'm up to about 25 pages, about 25,000 words so far, and I'm trying to organize it now because I'm having so much fun writing it. It's a scathing, satirical, comedy, almost murder, mystery, thriller. That's okay. about seven genres with dashes in between. I'm not sure what it is, but it is so funny and so sarcastic and so, so scathing. I do have a pen name, Anon de Plume, because if I use my real name, people would come after me and I wouldn't even get to publish it. Uh, but I'm just having a blast with it. And I've discovered a writing style that, Jan, you said nobody have, has done what you think you're doing. Well, I don't think anybody is using my writing style. And after the show, I'll tell you all a little bit about it. But it's very unusual. And uh, I'm having a blast with it. But I just can't get myself to finish it because I think I'm having too much fun. So we'll see where that goes. We have time for one more statement. Arlene, I want to bring this uh, statement number two. Lena to to the table here and i think uh, jan and ernie will both appreciate it arlene says do whatever brings you to life she says i have uh, choices abound i have interests in so many things one way of narrowing options down is to ask myself what brings you joy then the best options become clear lena tell us more please well um for me i as you were talking about Sagittarius people, uh, uh, I, I realized I need a new challenge on a regular basis. So I have to find that for myself. And I'm maybe one of those 80% people that I get good at something. And then once I am good at it and I understand it, then I want to move to the next thing. So um, when you say what brings me the most joy, for me, it's a new challenge something new, something I don't understand yet. And so what brought me joy 20 years ago isn't what brings me joy now. And that's okay if the answer changes. But I think if you have one life, and Jan has talked about this, and any of us who we realize we're not immortal, we only have so much time, and you don't want to waste any of it. And especially if you're healthy, and you're upright, and you're breathing, that's all good. So make use of it. And whatever gives you the most happiness at that time, then that's how you could prioritize the use of it. If you're upright and you're breathing, that's yeah. about as close as sometimes, some of us sometimes get. with health problems, I, I haven't really <laughs> breathing. I've had it 50 years, and uh, I don't know anyone else that's had that surgery and has lived for 50 years uh, after it. Usually people write a book maybe five years after and say, hey, I'm alive, and I'm, I wrote my book because, you know, I'm I'm 50 years past the hard bouts. And I'm still alive and people didn't think I was going to make it. And, you know, I'm 66. So uh, there's there's still more to do. And I'm going to try skiing this winter. And, uh, you know, there are more challenges to do. So when you can and you're able, when people say to me something like, well, I always wanted to whatever their goal was. My answer is always you're not dead yet. So if you're telling me that, you still have a chance to do it. And uh, I just encourage people to to notice what it is that makes them happy. I, I do that. Well, this episode, Indomitable Creativity, but that'll have to be for another one. 
Very yes. well, Arlene, we're glad you're here with us. Very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, when people say they have a bucket list, that just rubs me the wrong way. I don't think of it as a bucket list. I think like you do, Arlene, if you want to do it, do, do, go do it. Do look like Yoda. There is no try. Do or do not, right? Yeah. I, when I was a computer programmer and, and I learned binary math and all kinds of math, the light switch is either on or off. That's it. There's no try. You either got light or you don't. They either paid the power bill or you didn't. The light's coming on or the light's not, period. If it right? takes you 19 years to get to China, I still got there. <laughs> so. Get to China. When yeah. I wanted to play the drums, I took drum lessons. When I wanted to paint my kitchen red, I did. Then the realtor said it'll never sell, so I let him paint it white again. But there we go. <laughs> we do We do what we have to do. Jan, I want to bring in one more of yours here. You say, I am creative by bringing my dreams into stories. Can you briefly tell us about that, Jan, please? Yeah, my dreams are to travel throughout the world. So since I can't do quite as much as I used to anymore, I show the maps and I let the kids, this is in my book, the kids can draw out the map where Saren flies and learn more about our world and the countries and where they are and how they got there and what they went through, what states, what countries they flew over the ocean. It's just my way of giving back and enjoying because I'm doing these things or I've done them and been to these places and I'm sharing. Because how many kids get out of their hometown? Up here where I am from, most of them stay here and they never get anywhere. Jim, where are you? Where's your hometown? I am three miles from the Canadian border, about 50 miles from Montreal. Oh my goodness. I did and you said it was snowing already. We were wondering where you were, so you're up north there. Oh my goodness. What the, what's the temperature? Um it's about 32 right now. It's not that cold yet. But the oh, snow I, is piling up. We've got about 4 inches so far. I'm in Tennessee and it's going to be 26 here tonight. I thought I moved to the warm south, Ernie. <laughs> That's a joke. Well, we only had a little snow last year. What can I tell you? But I'm a New Yorker, so I don't know. I didn't bring a shovel with me, but I might need it. Uh, Ernie, let's do one more statement from you, and then we're going to go into some famous birthdays for December 11th. So Ernie says, the pure exhilaration of spilling my joy and my despair onto the page is a fountain that seems inexhaustible. I've been accused of being as full of crap as a birdcage. I call it creativity. Well, that's... <laughs> That's a new one for me, Ernie. I didn't think I was going to read that on the air, but I did. Ernie, talk to me for two minutes. Go ahead. Well, uh, <laughs> I think that kind of says it all. Uh, yeah, I, I'm like Arlene. Uh, I believe that, uh, well, I'm positive that I've got more days behind me than I do in front of me. And uh, I've got a lot more to say. And I sit down at this keyboard just about every morning and lit a rip, tater chip, and I've got a lot of, uh, I try to, try to not tell stories about criminal activity I like, or crimes or mysteries. I try to tell stories about people that wear the badge and gun. And there's a lot of different angles that that can be told for. And uh, I just, that was, that's what I do in the mornings. And I've, my goal is to get on the bestseller list. And I, I, if it takes me 
to live and to be a hundred to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you're going to do it. Well, now that you're on my show, it might come sooner. I don't know. I'm sure this is the ticket. I'm no promises. Are you self-published, Ernie? Just wondering. Or yes. Not- yes. Well, uh, let me. The yeah, first clarify. book. The first book was uh, published by Fiery Seas Publishing. I um, signed a three-book contract. There were three completed novels, and after the first one, they went out of business. And publishers shun or orphan novels, and that's what the last two were. So I just, after I finally figured that out, trying to find a home for them, uh, I self-published the second one, and I and I learned a lot with the publishing process of the first one through a publisher. But uh, then I, the third one's ready to go out soon, and I put this one out myself because I kind of enjoy the freedom of having uh, making my own decisions. For example, the publisher wouldn't let me use the word paddy wagon because it's a sl- Irish a slur against the Irish, and I try not to. I try to respect my audience uh, readers, and uh, I try not to throw a bunch of crap out at them. That's obscene or insulting, but uh, I try to be reasonable too. I'm not afraid to call a bum a bum. Well, I if mean, there's any, talk. any parrots or parakeets listening and you talked about a birdcage full of crap, they might be insulted tonight or any. So <laughs> I can't guarantee you're not going to get some not negative fan mail, some hate mail. I'm teasing you. You know, today in our PC world, you can't ever be too careful. Somebody's going to be pissed off at something, but we're, that's a whole other show. We don't do it, my show. So let's do some famous birthdays. Thank you all for the statements. December 11th, anybody remember Rita Moreno? She's still around. Anybody want to guess how old she is? Actress, singer, dancer, Rita Moreno. Uh, Puerto Rican singer and actress who played Anita in the film West Side Story and the 2020 remake in the role of Valentina. She started in Netflix's One Day at a Time, starting in 2017. She's been on Broadway and Gentry, The Ritz, The Last of the Red Hot Lovers. She worked as a Spanish-language dubber of American movies when she was 11 years old. She's the first Hispanic performer to win all four major performing awards, an Oscar, an Emmy, a Tony and a Grammy, and she appeared on the 1970s PBS children's series, The Electric Company. Anybody want to guess how old Rita is? And she's been in a movie recently where the four senior ladies go to Florida and meet with a football team, and yeah, she she was just on. Anybody mm-hmm. guess? 92. Rita Marino is 92, and she looks phenomenal. Let's go back in history. Not quite as old. Remember Brenda Lee? Not rocking around the Christmas tree. Anybody want to guess how old she is? 82. 79. You overshot that one. Uh, she grew up, listen to this, she grew up with a radio, but no indoor plumbing in her house. Wow. At the age of two, she was whistling to the radio. She's only four foot nine. Some people are four foot nine and they used to be taller. She started out that way. Her song was, famous song was Dynamite. So they called her Little Miss Dynamite. She had 47 U.S. chart hits in the 1960s. I didn't know she had more than two or three hits. She was only surpassed by Elvis, Ray Charles, and the Beatles in that entire decade with the number of hits. I had no idea. Happy birthday, Brenda Lee. And Jermaine Jackson. Remember one of the uh, one of the singers, one of the Jackson Five. He was uh, a former member with Michael and Tito and Marlon and Jackie. He recorded duets with Whitney Houston. I didn't know that. He was the lead singer of the family band, the Jackson Brothers, which came before the Jackson Five. He has nine children. I have the names of his seven sons. They're not all start with a J. 
And he was portrayed in an SNL skit in 2010 by Kenan Thompson way back in the day. Now I have so happy birthday. Now I have some famous birthdays that are not famous in your world or mine, but we're going to wish them anyway. So I have on YouTube a young lady named Miss Katie. Jan, she's 19 today. She's a vlogger. She posts lifestyle, beauty, and fashion vlogs. Ernie, this is for you. She was a cheerleader in high school before she got on. Uh, she has a, an iPhone iPhone 12 unboxing and setup on YouTube video. Ernie, she unboxed the iPhone. Ready for this? She had 800,000 views. 800,000 views. And right now on YouTube, her videos have 35 million views. I like to say I'm in the wrong profession. Yeah, I just picked the wrong profession. And then we have a young man named Junior Bautista, B-A-U-T-I-S-T-A, who's 19 today. He does lip sync content. He has a passion for dancing. He posted a TikTok video in his robe called Graduated with a 1.4 GPA. And he got 450,000 views. And he mixes up his video captions. Some are Spanish and some are English. He so far has 42 million likes, Jan. We're definitely writing the wrong kinds of stuff. That's it for those. In music history today, in 1939, Marlena Dietrich recorded Falling in Love Again for her role as a cabaret singer in the movie The Blue Angel. In 1960, on this day, Aretha Franklin, the late great, played her first concert performing in New York at the Village Vanguard. In 1961, Motown Records had their first number one on the Hot 100 when the Marvelettes sang, Please, please, Mr. Postman. I killed that one. Top the chart. In this same day, Elvis Presley's Blue Hawaii hit number one. And in 1973, the Carpenters, Top of the World, with certified gold and in 2006 on this day all i want for christmas is you by mariah carey became the first ringtone certified gold it sold over 500,000 copies of the ringtone arlene's getting sick today is international mountain day that's in honor of your email jan it's national app day it's national caesar day it doesn't matter if it's a person or a dog or a cat it's not eat a caesar salad just caesar day john day j-o-n and it's noodle ring day caesar by the way the name originally feel they feel that has a latin meaning of head of hair that's what caesar meant i didn't know that december is a month of giving it's national cat lovers month it's national tie month ernie wore a tie in honor of tie month and it's national volunteer month so quickly everybody give one one uh, website url real fast arlene lena where can people find you fast fast you can find me on reverb nation under lena anderson l-e-n-a-a-n-d-e-r-s-o-n jan burrow where can people find you thundercrestbooks.com thundercrestbooks.com thank you ernie lancaster where where ernestlancaster.com e-r-n-e-s-t-l-a-n-c-a-s-t-e-r.com thank you very much okay listen up everybody and don't go away till we're after we're done here life is short break the rules forgive quickly yeah kiss slowly definitely love truly laugh uncontrollably join me one two three laugh hard okay. <laughs> oh, good group jan don't hurt yourself and never regret anything that made you smile work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares do they dance like no one's watching everybody watched when i was dancing in high heels on a formica tabletop teaching disco in a high school cafeteria in Oregon, and i never fell sing like nobody's listening i try not to sing and love like you've never been hurt because we have get over it let your heart regroup regrow and regenerate money talks chocolate sings la and last but not least i stole this line from another host about 20 years ago thank you for turning me on radio red saying goodbye don't go away jordan are we out everybody wave 
Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week.